got to get Marseille more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Marseille. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. Two full hours of the Marquee Show starts right now. Man, I'll tell you what. There's something really interesting about this Democratic debate last night. Totally kidding. There's like there was nothing interesting. <laughs> there was like bore, so boring. I switched to uh, Big Brother right in the middle. You know. Anyway, no, we'll get into it. There were some things we need to pinpoint. What's up? This is the Marquee Show. My name is Marquee. Thank you so much for joining me. And today, uh, very excited because today. Later on this afternoon, I will be in Cincinnati, Ohio. Donald Trump will be taking the stage in Cincinnati, Ohio, for what we've called the rally after the rally. The rally, and this is this is uh, the genius that is Donald Trump and the Donald Trump campaign, because you have two nights of debates. You have two nights of debates in Detroit. Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, the Antichrist. Uh, who else? Elizabeth. They're like 20. You know, they're 20. I'm not going to go through all 20 people because, uh, frankly, half of them, I don't even remember their names. But you've got all these people and they're all debating and they're all talking about health care and Medicare for all and single payer this and immigration. And when I'm president and Donald Trump's the horriblest person ever, all this is going on and it should be big news. But. Donald Trump schedules a rally the the like 24 hours after the final debate ends. And in doing so, he monopolizes the conversation and cuts off mention and talk and discussion about all 20 of these Democrats. All 20 of them. And the other thing is that the rally tonight is, as we've said before, the first rally after the last rally, which is important because the last rally was the send her back rally. It was the one where the crowd in North Carolina started chanting when Donald Trump was talking about the squad and talking about Ilhan Omar. They started chanting, send her back, send her back. Why did they do it? Well, Probably they don't like her. <laughs> you know, I think that's probably. I mean, let, 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 let's be honest. Nobody in that building is a big Ilhan Omar fan. Uh, so that was number one. Number two. What's another reason that they did it? Well, to show their support for the president. And number three, at the time, they didn't think there was a problem with it. But you know who did? The media. The media, who's always there at the Donald Trump rally, looking for problems. Always there, searching for not the story. But the racism, searching for the massage, they're always looking for something. If you go to, I've never went to journalism school, as you can probably tell. <laughs> I don't ever, there, there's so many people out there listening in their cars right now going, oh, no, really? Truth, truth. I never took a journalism class. I never studied journalism. I never wrote, you know, I didn't investigate anything. I'm not really like a big I'm not like I like to just watch something, formulate my own opinion and then regurgitate it here on the air. And facts oftentimes get in the way of that. So, you know, I, I, I try to keep those, you know, I try. There's other people that want to do that. But the media, you know, in, in the old days used to be journalists. They used to go. They used to investigate the story. Now, all they're doing is they're searching for racism. That's it. They're searching or whatever the OK. Now they're searching for racism this week. But before that, they were searching for whatever scandalous thing they could find. Not news, not the story, not information. 
You know, if they wanted the news and the story and the information, they'd be down at the border trying to figure out who's right, Donald Trump or the Democrats. Is Donald Trump keeping kids in cages or is he doing his best with limited uh, time and money and effort and resources and an influx of illegal immigrants? Is he doing everything he can? Is the Border Patrol, as Elijah Cummings would say, you know, just uh, basically creating these um you know, like they're, what is it, perpetrating terrorist activities. Is AOC right? Are there concentration camps? What's the story? News media, journalists of old, would go and try to find out the truth. Journalists now are just scandal hunters. They're, they're dirt diggers. You know, if you work for CNN or the New York Times or the Washington Post, you're not a journalist. You are, you're, you're digging up dirt, man. You're you're basically what the National Enquirer was 25 years ago. People, the National Enquirer, they people would make fun of those. What a tabloid. It's trash. You can't believe a word. All they're looking for is scandal. All they want to know is who slept with who. All they want to know is who lied to who, who cheated with who. All they want to know is what everyone's deep, dark secrets are. You know, the same paper that the same paper that would put Bat Boy not the guy from the, you know, not the kid that, that played the baseball game, but a, a boy who literally looked like a bat. The same papers that would put Bat Boy or the real Dracula or, you know, the man who married his eight sisters, whatever. They, they would put them on the cover in the supermarket right there when you were checking out. Those newspapers were laughed at. And now that's what every newspaper, every TV station, every media media outlet has become. They aren't looking for the news or the true story or what's really happening in Washington. All they're looking for is racism. They're looking to find out what Donald Trump said, what his crowd dud, uh, dud, dud, did, what his crowd's going to do. And that's why this rally tonight is such big news, is so important, and that's why we're going to be there. Because this is the rally after the rally. And tell, look, I didn't, I tried to get VIP passes because I told you before, the worst place to be at a Donald Trump rally is in the media section. I mean, again, that's when, if you've ever wanted to stand in a room and have 20,000 people point, boo, hiss at you, then by all means, go to the media section at a Donald Trump rally. But it's not a fun place to be. And I, so I tried to get VIP passes. I hit up my buddy Eric Trump, who, uh, you know, we're Twitter friends. He's really busy, though. So he wasn't able to um, he wasn't able to get back to me. Uh, we had a couple of other contacts we were working on that they all fell through. So it looks like I'm going to be in the media section yet again. But as I this time will be the last time, I swear, I'm not going back to a Donald Trump rally for the media section. However, this one is such a big deal because even on, you know, on, on the morning news, people are talking about it. Donald Trump will be in Cincinnati tonight. Donald Trump will be reacting to the Democrats live tonight in Cincinnati. What will the crowd do? Will the crowd in Cincinnati behave the way the crowd in North Carolina behaved? Uh, behaved? If they do, what is Donald Trump going to do about it? All these unanswered questions. All these things that we need to know the answer to, and uh, we're going to find out tonight. And like I said, I'm going to be there live. Now, why am I going to be there live? Well, because, number one, I, I've never been to Cincinnati, and I hear they have great chili, and I'm a big fan of chili. So that's number one. But number two, I know that if I'm there live, I know that if I'm there live, I can listen with my own ears to the people, to the crowd, to the chant, to the president of the United States, and I can see for myself and then report back to you what exactly is going on. What happened? What is the dealio? 
Was there racism? Was the crowd just into it? Was it pre- pre-planned? You know, what what did the president actually say? Are they focusing? Because the other thing is, with the rally last time, I'm telling you, they didn't even focus. on uh, Donald Trump had all these great lines. One of them, when he said, uh, he said to the rich guy who hated him, you're going to be so gosh darn poor. Oh, they didn't say that. He goes, look, if you don't vote for me, you may not like me. I may not like you. But if you're going to support me, because if you don't, you're going to be so gosh darn poor. And that is, in my humble opinion, the culmination of what this election is about. You support Donald Trump and you get to remain in a capitalist society and keep the money that you really work hard to earn. Or you're going to vote for a Democrat and you're going to turn this country into a socialist country where they will take your money, all of it, all of it. I mean, if you if you didn't watch Bill de Blasio, he wants all your money. Uh, Bernie Sanders wants all your money. Pete Buttigieg wants all your money, but wants to lie to you about taking it. And and, you know, there's a, a lot of dangerous people on that stage last night and on the stage the night before that are looking to destroy not just America, but your family. Your per- they don't care about your family. They only care about themselves. And it's selfish. Uh, it's dangerous. They're power hungry. And they're attacking Donald Trump. They're attacking Trump supporters. And they're attacking, really, the American Constitution um, in a way that it's, it's never been under attack before. And the media, whose job it is to be the watchdog, they're going to be there, but they ain't going to be watchdogging. They're going to be running around trying to sniff out racism because, in their humble opinions, that's the most important thing in this campaign. All right, we got to take a quick break. 855-765-1045. Coming up, we're going to be chatting with Herman Cain a little later on today, too. We're going to replay our interview with Tommy Laren and a bunch of us. Oh, we're going to talk to Millennial Hannah and see uh, where the millennials are in in um, in terms of this election. It's the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. More coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. He's informative, entertaining. You might even say funny. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hopefully appreciate it. The day after the debate, the day of the big Donald Trump rally in Cincinnati. And I'll tell you, we're going to get into this debate in um, in a couple minutes. First, though, big news uh, about Lot J, which I guess is really exciting for a lot of people. Lot J, there's this uh, Mayor Curry and the uh, Jacksonville City Council and the Jaguars or whoever. They've developed a $450 million plan to develop Lot J. The question is, what are they going to develop it into? And also, now where am I going to park? Because I have passes for Lot J. I got to get into like Lot N or something. I don't know. I guess they're going to redo. They're probably going to redo the. Uh, they're probably going to redo the whole thing. But there's going to be a hotel apparently, which is great because we needed more hotels. There's going to be some kind of new entertainment venue. So you'll have Daly's Place and TIAA Bank Stadium, and then some other third venue. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else they're going to put there, but they're really trying to, to build it up. So hopefully this will look. And again, that's great. And it's always nice to hear about this kind of stuff. But there needs to be more uh, between, you know, like because now basically you're building an island of entertainment by the stadium. But then there's all that room between, you know, the Maxwell House coffee and everything else that's just unused, wasted. And, and you know, can you sustain it? Can it be self-sustainable? If you put a hotel by the Jag Stadium and you put, you know, a couple restaurants, will that be? able to maintain or will they be able to maintain each other and feed off each other i just don't know hopefully so 
Hopefully the mayor and the city, you know, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that as we know more about the plans. But all right, let's talk about the debate, because here's what's happening again. And this happened in the first night and we saw it again last night. And you're seeing two factions now of Democrats. You're seeing bad Democrats versus very bad Democrats. You're seeing people who are bad for America versus people who are going to destroy this country. And so when you look at that, when you see what's happening, uh, you really need to realize that that it's all going to come down to moderates. It's going to come down to because most people are not nearly as as radical and left wing and socialist as the majority of these candidates. Most people are moderately democratic. They like the idea of a union. They like the idea of maybe getting free health care, but they don't want to be taxed at 70 percent. You know, they most people who are Democrats, they're more, I believe, socially Democrat. They're more concerned about the way people are being treated at the border or they're more concerned about, I don't know, what's your issue? Uh, gay marriage, a woman's right to choose all these things that really have nothing to do with politics. Those are all they're all social issues. Politically, most people are conservative. I mean, it's true. Politically, even if what happens is if you take a Democrat, you have to say, look, is this person are they thinking with their heart or their mind? And if they're thinking with their heart, they're usually a Democrat, although a lot of Democrats don't even have hearts. Uh, but if they're if they're thinking with their mind, they're more conservative because they realize that that you can fix the other issues in your own life as long as your money's straight, as long as your household is straight, as long as you have a good job, you've got income coming in, you're not taxed out the wazoo, and you can control what's going on in your life, then fine, you can control it, everything else will fall into place. And so that's where you have the Democratic Party. You have people who are who are dealing with moderates like Joe Biden, probably the most moderate candidate. And let's face it, the guy is going to win the nomination. He was not as bad as he was in the first debate. He wasn't great. But he wasn't nearly as bad as he was in the first debate. And a couple of things happened last night that are going to help him. The first thing that's going to help him is that people started attacking Obama. And attacking Obama is good for Biden because there's a lot of Democrats out there that still really like Obama. And they think Obama is the shiz. They think Obama is the bee's knees. They think he's the best president who ever lived uh, or will live in this country. So a lot of those Obama-loving people are going to be taking Biden's side because, well, they just remember, oh, yeah, he's the old white guy that was hanging out with Obama. I remember he, he's like, I got it. I'll vote for him. You know, and, and the more that these other candidates start attacking Obama, the more they're going to push those Obama supporters far away. So it's an but then you've got people like you've got people like Bill de Blasio and you've got people like, you know, Kamala or not Kamala Harris, um, Elizabeth Warren. And, and these are people who are who are drastically socialist, who are trying to push the party as far to the left as possible. And in doing so, they're going to uh, they're going to destroy it. And also probably a large portion of the United States as well. So the good news for Donald Trump is that all of these people on stage last night started showing they, their job was to tear down the other Democrats and in doing so they're showing a lot of people how these people are liars, how they're wrong how they can't do anything that they promise and if they do, how it's actually bad for America and all of that is good for Donald Trump so anyway, we'll we'll get into this a little bit more, we've got Tommy Laren coming up uh, we've got we've got um, uh, uh, what's his name, Herman Cain that's it, uh, we're going to talk to Hannah here, we got a full show, it's the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. I've got to get Mark K more time on the air. 
Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark K. Where entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. This is the Mark K. Show on News 104.5 WOKV. When I talk about this, I'm very careful, and a lot of people misinterpret it, so I want to be very clear. Mm -hmm. I have never said that Colin Kaepernick or you don't have the right to kneel. Mm -hmm. You absolutely do. I will stick up and stand up for that right all day long. Mm -hmm. You have the right to expression. Now, the NFL has the right to say we're an employer and you're not doing that during your work time. Yeah, everybody's got all these rights, and that's the problem. These these guys who kneel, they always forget that. It's like, you have the right to kneel, but we have the right to say you're a, you're a dodo head for doing it. Uh, that was, by the way, Tommy Laren from Fox Nation with her interview. Um, she sat down with Arian Foster, and this thing just went, I mean, it just went everywhere. Uh, so we wanted to bring her back on to discuss it a little bit. And she said, okay, Tommy Laren, everybody. And thank you so much for being back, Tommy. How you doing? Yeah, it's good to be here. We're on different coasts this time. I think I'm on the better coast, but we can argue about that later. Yeah, we. we I mean, we probably <laughs> we will. Uh, I'm sure. Hey, listen, how's the book going, by the way? I mean, I it's uh, I see you keep tweeting about it. And every time I go to the bookstore, I try to put the copies right in the front there. Oh, well, hey, I appreciate that because, you know, I've heard from several people that somehow Michelle Obama's book always seems to creep in front of mine and mine always <laughs> seems to creep somewhere else. But hey, what yeah. are you going to do? I'm, I'm helping a lot of people and that's the goal. So yeah, I, I'm happy about it. I did see a couple people take your book on Twitter and put it in the children's section. And I thought, well, you know, whatever, whatever gets people excited. Uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about is your wedding plans. How's that going? Have you picked a venue? Have you picked a date? Have you picked your dress? Have you said yes to it? What's happening? <laughs> well, we have a venue and we have a date, um, and we decided to go back to Texas because we were having a heck of a time trying to find something in Arizona, a heck yeah. of a time in California, and then it was like, you know what, Dallas is always good to me. We're just going to go back to Dallas. So it'll be June of next year in Dallas, Texas. Oh, that won't be too hot at all. Yeah, no, it'll be hot, but hey, where are you going to go that it's not? No, that is <laughs> That is true. Well, listen, we're excited for that. All right. Tell us a little bit about um, this Arian Fox. Now, this was your Fox Nation show. You sat down and this was an exclusive. Did you approach him? Did he approach approach you? How did this come to be? Well, actually, I got connected with Arian Foster through my fiance, Brandon, uh -huh. who used to be in the sports industry and yeah. in the agent world. And they actually reached out to me first because they wanted me to be on Arian's podcast. So I said, happy to be on the podcast, but you need to do my show, too. Now, yeah. the funny thing is, his podcast came out almost three weeks before our episode, but they never wanted to promote it. Uh, and I'm thinking, hey, you guys really missed the boat on that one because you had his podcast before I had the episode, but you maybe were too worried about the backlash, so yeah, no you kidding. didn't promote it. That but then so don't think I'm not going to promote it. So I promoted it, and uh, thank you because Fox Nation got all the headlines. So you guys really missed the boat on that one, but hey. Yeah, no, no. Do? I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Until about 30 seconds ago, I had no idea Arian uh, had a podcast. So he definitely did miss the boat on, on promoting and marketing it. What did he ask you? What kind of, before we get uh, place more clips from this one, what did he ask you? Well, you know, we had a good discussion. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything bad about that because, you know, we disagree on a lot of things. We have a completely different mentality on right. life and pretty much every political point there is. But he was respectful to me. You know, the majority of his, his podcast, he did spend trying to convince me that Donald Trump's a racist um, and that his supporters are racist. So that didn't go over very well with me. But I listen and I am always respectful when I have these conversations. And then, you know, it trickled over into our conversation as well. We disagree on everything, but at least we sat down. If we can do it, 
Americans can do it. Yeah, no kidding. There, let me play this one clip because this is one of my uh, this is one of my favorites from this when he starts talking about how uh, how Donald Trump's uh, you know language is divisive. To your earlier point, when Trump called us sons of bitches. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that was the best choice of words. I'm I'm not defending. No, it's, not, it's not about being having the best choice of words. It's it's demonstrably divisive to a nation that is already racially infused. I would also argue that kneeling for the national anthem is divisive. But I would I would agree. Okay, so he agrees with you. So how does he answer that? He's like, what we can be divisive as football players, but the president can't be divisive as the president. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, his point to that was that Donald Trump is a bad person, and people that are kneeling for the anthem as they insist, are social justice warriors, and they're out there to make a difference. They're not just whiny football players who want to kneel for the anthem and the flag, or in Colin Kaepernick's case, a whiny football player who was previously sitting on a bench and then decided to kneel when he needed attention. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's the thing, but it's always, we can do it, you can't. We're disadvantaged, you're not. We're victims, you're not. I mean, that's it's always been that way, and that's with anybody you talk to about these anthem protests. You know, they feel like that is their moment. That is their social justice cause, and they're never going to back away from it. And that's the same thing we see in Baltimore now. I mean, the same thing with Elijah Cummings is, hey, you can't, you can't criticize Elijah Cummings. And Donald Trump is like, I absolutely can because he's doing a horrible job. And he'd be doing a horrible job no matter what color he was. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. And I think you're right. People are not used to that. They're used to saying, uh, I'm black. I represent a black district or this is, this is a black social cause and I'm the, I'm the, the figurehead or the, the mouthpiece for it. So you can't criticize me. And Republicans never did until recently. So. Well, exactly. And, you know, I actually talked about this in my final thoughts yesterday on Fox Nation, but to not criticize someone because they are black or because they are of color, that's actually racist. If you're going to say, no, you know, they're I want to call them out, but, you know, they're they're a different color than me. So I better not say anything. That's actually racism. Not saying, hey, you're doing a bad job. I'm going to call you out because you're representative of an American district here in this country that I am the president of. You have every right to be able to criticize that. They criticize him all day long. And the thing that also bugged me about Al Sharpton, which, by the way, why are they giving him <laughs> any kind of a platform or microphone? Someone take that away. Yeah. <laughs> but for him to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, he seems to have a certain venom for people of color. He it seems like he criticizes people of color more than anybody else. Like, uh, have you not seen him go after Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton? My goodness. They couldn't get any whiter. Yeah. Uh, let me. We have a clip of Al Sharpton yesterday. Called me a troublemaker. Yes, I made trouble for bigots. I made trouble for him with Central Park. I made trouble with him for birtherism. I'm going to keep making trouble for bigots. If he really thought I was a con man, he'd be nominating me for his cabinet. <laughs> well, that was kind of funny. But at the same time, the fact that Al Sharpton has any credibility left in any community is baffling. I mean, you have to you have to think if, if Al Sharpton is the person that you're calling on to be your moral spokesperson, how can, how can anyone take you seriously? Well, hey, I mean, this is coming from the party that chose Hillary Clinton as their nominee in 2016. So, That's a great you know, I, I don't expect a lot. <laughs> but, and you know, you see that we're going to see tonight the other wonderful candidates that they're going to throw up on stage. But, yeah, I mean, again, this is just we can say things that you can't say, it, depending on your race, your political beliefs, who you voted for. Some people get a pass. Other people get scrutiny. Donald Trump's not going to take it, though. I said it yesterday. They have the race card. He has the Trump card. Trump card's going to win. You guys can keep crying. It's working for Donald Trump. Uh, Tommy Laren from Fox Nation. 855-765-1045, by the way, if you have any questions for Tommy. One other thing that Arian said in your interview, which I thought was 
really, it's kind of an interesting uh, thought process. This was about the military flyover. So if my employer says, Tommy, you can't do this, you can't do that, I mean, it's it's an employer. It's a logically inconsistent stance on their part. If you want to say don't make political statements on the field, then don't have the military flyover at the beginning or don't have a deal with them with the Department of Justice that has millions of dollars advertised in the military. It's a logically inconsistent stance. So his take is that the military is a political organization? Is that what he's trying to say and not a defense organization? Yeah, well, and he's also saying that, oh, if we're going to celebrate the military at football games, then we should be able to celebrate pe- celebrate people hating on law enforcement in the military. It's like, again, I don't know where you're coming from with that one, buddy, but I think they're a little bit different. One is showing pride for the people that protect us each and every single day, and yeah. the other one is kneeling because Colin Kaepernick's not that good at football. Um, but you know, <laughs> they, they like to make that, that argument and go around and around and around that, they're doing something. And again, you know, I, and I, I questioned him on it, I think, on his podcast. I wish I had more time, but I, I think I might, might have even asked him about it on the episode. What's funny to me is Kaepernick started this whole thing. Kaepernick started this whole thing after he had already been sitting on the bench yeah. because he was replaced by Blaine Gabbert as a starting quarterback. So he sat down and pouted, and then he was, you know, again, in his infinite wisdom said, hey, I'm going to be sitting on the bench anyway. Maybe I'll decide I'm going to kneel for social justice. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll do. I mean, so like, this whole thing that they, they think they started it for some kind of a cause. It's funny how his cause started after he wasn't the starter anymore. Yeah, and it's turned out to be a very lucrative cause for him and for a lot of other people. Uh, 855-765-1045. By the way, I forgot that Blaine Gabbert was the one that replaced him. Blaine Gabbert got fired here in Jacksonville for being horrible and uh, went to San Francisco as the backup. So, I mean, look, that is insulting to be replaced by Blaine Gabbert. We know that. <laughs> we know that. We know, we know that more than anybody. 855-765-1045. Do you, uh, Tommy, do you have time for a couple of quick questions? I don't know what your schedule is like. Sure, I have a few more minutes. Oh, you have a few more minutes? All right, let's talk to Lauren here quickly. Lauren from Jacksonville. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're great. What do you want to say to Tommy Laren? So um, I really like Tommy Lauren, and I have a long-running theory about Kaepernick. Um, so I personally don't think that Colin Kaepernick, who was riding the bench, had any kind of protest that he was trying to do. I think he just forgot to tie his shoe, and he got caught tying his shoe. And so he had to make up some kind of story yeah. about that he was kneeling on the field because he was protesting so that, you know, they didn't see him tying his shoe on national television. Tommy, you didn't ask Arian about that theory, did you? Like, hey, what about this? I heard that that it was just he got caught tying his shoe. Maybe he got caught tying his shoe uh, over top of his law enforcement pig socks. Maybe that's what was happening. But, again, I agree with your theory that I don't think it was about social justice, the culture, or the cause. I think it was all about Colin Kaepernick, and he spun his poor abilities into some kind of a crusade. So I agree with you on that point. Yeah, and I do agree that this thing probably got out of hand and a little bigger than a lot of them. I mean, you're calling Kaepernick. You're like, I'm going to kneel during the national anthem. And then the next thing you know, it becomes your life. And I, I do think that personally, and I, I don't know if Arian alluded to this at all, it blew up bigger than they ever thought it would. I mean, I think that was probably the goal. But yeah. um, it's, it's funny how many Americans are ready to jump on board to disrespect the flag and the anthem. To me, it's disheartening. Uh, I do think that we're starting to see maybe a shift away from that, but then now it's just when we hate Donald Trump. So now the flag and the anthem have also become symbolic of Donald Trump, which makes no sense, but that's where we are in 2019. All right, real quick before you go, uh, Democratic debates, two nights. What's going to happen? Who's going to be the big star? Who's going to be the breakout, and who are they all going to attack? What are your thoughts? (laughs) I don't think there can be a breakout star. (laughs) Again, everyone's all excited about Kamala, uh, maybe because they don't have Kamala as a representative 
and the senator from their state. I, I, Kamala doesn't scare me. Biden certainly doesn't scare me. Mayor Pete doesn't scare None of them do. They're all... And then, again, they, they all raise their hands for illegals. And then we just saw Kamala try to walk that one back this week. It's just, it's a disaster. And it's not even that fun to watch. It's actually kind of boring for a disaster. From, so here we are. Yeah, here we are. Well, we're all going to be watching it from Fox Nation and, of course, author of Never Play Dead, How the Truth Makes You Unstoppable. Always a pleasure to talk. Hey, uh, come back soon. Tommy Laren, everybody. Yay! Happy to be here. Uh, it's the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. We got to take a quick break and we will be right back. Stay tuned. More of your phone calls next on News 104.5 WOKV. Love listening to Mark, but can't every day? Good news. You can subscribe to the Mark K Show podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Listen when you want on the device you want. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Mark K Show. Pardon me, I have fun puberty. My name is Mark K, and I'm excited tonight. Cincinnati, the big rally. And thanks again to all our supporters who, uh, and we had, well, I'll tell you what, when, when, um, when God, what does he do? When he tells you to get out, he opens a window? Sometimes, no, when, do, when God slams the door in your face, you come in through the crawl space. Is that the, they, well, there's this, anyway, we were able, when our company shut us down and said, there's no way we're paying for you to go to Cincinnati, uh, we, we came up with some really great ideas and we rallied a bunch of support and we, I think the first ever, uh, crowdfunded radio segment in history and I'm excited about that and we have a huge party coming up next week to celebrate those who helped we went and th- I'll tell you what this party is going to be I mean it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing we have uh this whole Harold and Harold performance studio which is incredible it's fully loaded there's lights there's a sound system there's a stage there's like, I mean, seats galore. There's all this electronic equipment, which they told me not to touch. So uh, you know that it's fancy. Also, we've got food coming in. We've got, uh, we've got, we're going to be catering the whole thing. We're going to have a little area for uh, like a meet and greet if you want to take photos with me or if you want me to take a photo of you. You know, I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at that as well. Autographs. We have Mark K. Show t-shirts. Anyway, we got all these great rewards together. And next week... Next week is when we're going to be um, having this big party and we're going to be bringing everybody in. And I think I have to, you know, I, I have to check on this. I don't want to talk out of my out of the side of my mouth again. But uh, I think that we may have some extra spots. And next week we may have a chance for you to uh, if you want to, if you want to come in and party with us live for the Marque show on Friday, we may have a chance for you to do that. All right. Uh, one more thing. Oh, by the way, thanks for uh, to uh, Tommy Lyron once again for joining us. Uh, we've got Herman Cain on the way. But one thing I wanted to talk about with this debate last night is a tweet by Joe Scarborough. And this basically this basically sums up this entire election and the Democratic Party and everything. Joe Scarborough wrote, these candidates are attacking Barack Obama's policy positions more than Donald Trump. That is politically stupid and crazy. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think Joe Scarborough would be the guy to sum up the current crop of candidates on the Democratic ticket uh, better than anyone else. But he did. And that that is politically stupid and crazy. Literally, that's it. Every single one of them. Every Cory Booker, politically stupid and crazy. Kamala Harris, politically stupid and crazy. Bill de Blasio politically stupid and like bat poop crazy uh and even joe biden who was up there all alone joe biden the the problem with joe biden is that he's 
he's too polite and too impolite at the same time to be likable. He's too polite, meaning when he gets five minutes or a minute or whatever. I mean, it seemed like at times CNN was giving these people 20 seconds. It's like, you have 20 seconds, go. And uh, and it's, as soon as his time is over, as soon as he sees that red light, he stops talking. Like, he just stops. I mean, how, do, how are you president if you don't bulldoze people to get your way? How are you president if you don't have the chutzpah to, like, say, I'm not done talking. You need to listen to me. That's a big – I mean, that people see that. They. I, my wife said to me, she goes, why did he just stop talking? Did he forget what he was going to say? Now, that also could be a possibility. But I think he was just too polite. The other thing is he's way too impolite. He called Kamala Harris kid on national television, which – why isn't that racist, by the way? Why isn't that sexist or misogynist? He, here she is. She's Kamala Harris is a, a senator, a woman, a minority who pulled herself up and and created and did all these amazing things and became this this. I mean, she's running for president for crying out loud. And she's doing a great job. She's up there in the polls. And he turns to her and calls her kid. That is not only sexist and ageist. Probably it's racist. I don't know. I'm again, Herman. I, I don't know. I'll check with. I'll ask Herman Cain when we talk to him here in just a minute because I'm still not clear on all the dog whistles when it comes to racism. Uh, but what? How come we're not attacking him for that? So he 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 thinks he's he thinks it's 1969, and he thinks that he can call women kid or anyone who's younger than him sport, and he can sniff hair, and he can just be a good old boy and get elected, and that's just not the case. That's just not the case. He may not be crazy as Joe Scarborough. He's definitely politically stupid and also a little senile and I think drunk. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. Quick break. When we get back, we're going to be chatting with Herman Cain. It's the Mark Hay Show. Stay tuned. More coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the Mark K Show, one of our favorite people in the entire world. Uh, always excited to talk to him. Um, I'm probably more excited to talk to him than he is to talk to me. But, you know, whatever. It works out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give it for Herman Cain. Well, thank you very much, Mark Kay. It's always good to talk to you because we always have a uh, an invigorating and inspiring and, and, and very perky discussion. That's what that's what that's the best way to describe us. Perky. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are we are two perky people. <laughs> uh, Herman, now you've had, last time we talked, it was before the premiere. You had two premieres in Atlanta and then on the West Coast in Las Vegas of your biography or your uh, of your um uh, what was it called? Like a um, was it an autobiography, a biographical? It was film? a it was documentary. a documentary. It was a documentary, yeah. and the title of it was Po P O to C E O. And I, I told you the last time it was P O, not P O O R. Now my executive producer wants to call it Po to C E O. I like calling it Po to C E O because I started out Po right when I grew up in Atlanta. And I became a CEO. I'm still a CEO. Yeah. But no, we did have uh, a very successful East East Coast premiere in Atlanta, and we had a very successful Western premiere in Las Vegas. Both of them were in the month of July, and they were very successful. And we've got that over with. So what we're doing now is we are shopping the 
the movie to various distribution outlets, big movie houses, theaters, yeah. things of this nature. So it's going really, really well. Yeah, because that was my next question. If I missed those uh, because I didn't get invited to either of those premieres, would I be able to see it on Netflix or Hulu or someplace like that? But we're, we're, you're trying to get it out into like mass mass release, huh? Exactly. We're going to do mass release. So you will be able to see it. And trust me, you're going to get a special uh, flyer that tells you when it's going to be on, where it's going to be on, wow. et cetera. I get my, oh, own, yeah. my own special flyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to send you a flyer oh. to make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> no, perfect. You won't have an excuse. I will, be, I will be checking my mailbox every day. For but the, no, it came out really, really well. I'm very awesome. pleased with it. In fact, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, Barry Tolley, who is the director-producer, he did an outstanding job of putting this thing together. He took 50 years of my life. Yeah. And condensed it to 69 minutes. Can you imagine that? that? I mean, I talk to you a lot, and I've never talked to you for less than 69 minutes, I don't think. <laughs> so that's amazing. It <laughs> that, came out great. That is awesome, dude. I'm so excited for you, and I can't wait to see it. Now, uh, this ties in. In fact, we were just talking a little bit before the interview. Uh, this ties in to something that is has been forced into the forefront again by really the Democrats, and that is the issue of racism uh, right. in America. And I always, right. whenever we talk about racism, I go, you know, the craziest thing is to talk to Herman Cain, who has been accused of being a racist, who, uh, you know, has been uh, the victim of racism as well. No one understands both sides of th this issue politically, I think, uh, better than you do. That is correct. And when people see the movie, Poe to CEO, which is the autobiography of my life, you will see in that movie clearly that I never use race as an excuse. I never use race as a as a springboard to get one promotion over another. Right. The, the only thing, Mark, that I used throughout my entire career was performance, performance, performance. Right. And the reason that the Democrats... Uh, and the liberals are pushing back on what Donald Trump said, and they are trying to spin it into race. He never used race, the race card. He just basically was brutally critical of some people who happened to be of a different color. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who spun it into race. Why? When they have nothing else good to say, they always played the race card. This has been traditional for decades. Yeah. They, they've been doing this for a long, long time. It's not new, but the reason that they get away with it is because the liberal media are like parrots. Anything that they say, no matter how outrageous, the media will replay it, put people on TV, and all of this in order to try to impact the attitude and the minds of a lot of people. It doesn't work like it used to work for a lot of people, and for some people it does, but for a large number of people, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I mean, it has been totally diluted, and I mean, it is the boy who cried wolf uh, to, yes. the, to the point where eventually you're going to cry wolf and nobody's going to come, and you know you're going to get well, you're going to get you're going to get eaten alive. Um, and I think that's what a lot of Democrats are finding out is happening, especially with Donald Trump, who my, yes. fa my favorite tweet was when he called when he goes, no, Elijah Cummings is racist. Let's be honest. <laughs> and I thought, here's here's Elijah Cummings, who's been there for 20 some odd years. Right. I, I has never probably been called racist by a white man in his entire life. They've got no. to be beside themselves with a with a plan moving forward as to what to do.
they're babbling. They don't. Their heads are exploding. Yeah. They're babbling. They don't know how to come back with that statement. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, when Donald Trump calls Elijah Cummings a racist, they're trying to figure out, well, how do we counter that? Yeah. May, may, maybe Elijah <laughs> Cummings is a racist. Right. Donald Trump never. He never played the race card. This is what's so silly yeah. about this whole back and forth in the narrative in the media that they're talking about. He never played the race card. Elijah Cummings played the race card. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing to me is that there, I always hear, you know, the uh, the dog whistle. Like, for example, it was infestation was a dog whistle. And, I, I mean, to me, I guarantee Donald Trump, he's talking about rats. He's talking about cockroaches. He's talking about whatever. Where do, is there a list of dog whistles? Because, the, you know, those of us who are white need to know when we're tweeting and speaking that we don't accidentally throw out a dog whistle. Here's the disadvantage that white people have. Yeah, okay, okay, let me hear. Yeah, I need that. Let, no let me take some notes. They make them up as they go. Oh, I think the dog whistles. Okay, you know, <laughs> if there were a list, I'd give it to you okay. so you would know. There is no list. They make this stuff up as they go in order to try to keep it spinning in the media and keep the narrative alive. Yeah. That's what's happening, and that's no different than this whole thing. And then. Let's add insult to insult. Al Sharpton says, I'm going to go to Baltimore. Right. Who cares? <laughs> why are you going to go to Baltimore? <laughs> you know why he went to Baltimore? So he could be on TV right. standing up doing his spin on the whole race thing. That's all this is. Yeah. Nobody cares other than those people who are so brainwashed into thinking that the race card is the card to play. And like I mentioned earlier, Mark, if you look at my movie and it's coming to a theater or to a TV cable station near yep. you, right. you will see I never played the race card. I didn't. I played the performance card every step of the way in my 50 years moving up the corporate ladder. No, and I, and and that's how that's how all successful people are, and that's yeah. one of the things with Donald Trump. The reason he is where he is is because he's outperformed everyone else, and he doesn't. I mean, he really is one of the few colorblind people you'll find in politics, and and you know people that really know him will will say that, and that's why he's going to continue to succeed. By the way, I remember like ten years ago, somebody said they really wish they could have seen less of Al Sharpton uh, in the media. So Al Sharpton lost like fifty pounds, and they go, "No, that's not what we meant when we said less of Al Sharpton." <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say a word about Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. President Donald Trump. Yes. All of these accusations about him being a racist are absolutely false. They are not true. And here's how I know firsthand. If you look at the statistics of what this economy is doing, and he signed criminal justice reform, and Barack Obama had eight years to do it, and he didn't do it. Right. Donald Trump got it done. We've got the lowest unemployment rate for all people, as well as the lowest unemployment rates for blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, etc. The prosperity of the economy does not make this man a racist. And secondly, I have known him since I ran for president, and we have talked on the phone several times. When I ran for president... Donald Trump and I talked, and I said, why aren't you running? And he said, my kids aren't ready to run my businesses yet. See, the media does not notice. He does not mix business with running the United States of America. Four years later, he said, I think they're ready. That's when he declared that he was going to run. Yeah. Now, here's, the, now, here's how I know he's not a racist. 
before Donald Trump declared that he was going to run for president, he called Herman Cain, the black guy, and talked to me about it. Okay? Yeah. Would a racist do that? <laughs> no. Now, here's the other thing. Yeah. Since, since he's been president, he has called me several times on odd occasions, not asking for anything other than, you know, what am I hearing out there in real America? Which is a great question, because you're not going to hear what's happening in real America if you're stuck in Washington, D.C., no. and he knows that. I consider that a great honor that he would call me and ask me. He didn't say what's happening in black America, what's happening in white America. No. He says what's happening in real America. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Mark, that's quite a compliment. No, that sure is. Uh, and we're going to take a quick break. Herman, don't go anywhere. Hang tight because we've got to talk about the Democrats running. There's a lot of them. Uh, this is the Marque Show. We'll be right back on News 104.5 WOKV. Love listening to Mark, but can't every day? Good news. You can subscribe to the Mark K Show podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Listen when you want on the device you want. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. It's the Mark K Show, and we've got Herman Kane on the line, which is always a pleasure. And uh, Herman, before we let you go um, and sell your movie to, you know, MGM or, or Sony Pictures or whoever... <laughs> Because, because I'm eager to see this thing, man, from Poe to CEO. I mean, I'm coming yeah. to a theater near me. Uh, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about the Democrats, because yes. the Democrats, and there's so many of them still. And we were joking how one of them dropped out, but then they added another one. Like, there's a waiting list. <laughs> and and so, uh, you know, we've still got way too many of them in the race. They're they're running now. What They've abandoned Russia after this Mueller debacle, and they're yeah. running on racism. How does that bode for a bunch of candidates who are either old white men or young, uh, you know, young ethnic women. I mean, what who's going to come out on top in this whole thing? I don't know who's going to come out on top, but the strategy is not going to work. Yeah, it, it's not going to work because all of their ideas, whether they are black candidates, white candidates, old candidates, young candidates, all of their ideas are socialist based. Right. Socialism is not going to sell in the United States of America. All you have to do, not with most people. Now, you have a few people who are looking for free, free, free. But all you have to do is look at what happened to Venezuela. Look at some of the things that happened in Cuba. Look at some of these other countries that claim to be socialist countries. Right. But they claim to be Democrats, Democratic socialists. That's no such thing. Yeah. A socialist country simply means that the government is controlling your life, your money, they're controlling nearly every aspect of the things that you do. That's not going to fly in the United States of America. Go back to the founding of this country. The reason that the founding fathers wrote the Constitution, declared our independence, and added amendments is to protect capitalism and competition. That's why we are 25% of the world GDP, mm -hmm. and most people understand that. You've got a few people who don't understand it, but most people understand that that is why why we are so successful. Yeah, and a lot of the Democrats running, in fact, probably most of them don't realize that. The, uh, the, I mean, the interesting thing to me is to see that this party of change and hope who elected Barack Obama, who almost elected Hillary Clinton, they seem to have gone in a total 180 with Joe Biden 
and right. and and even Bernie Sanders, who is flailing, uh, but you know, still is up there as well. When you have all these other, uh, you know, young candidates in their party who seem like they could take the lead, nobody's supporting them. I mean, what is the difference between what they say and what they actually do? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the they, they, they make promises that they cannot deliver on. Yeah. What a lot of people. You don't think Joe Biden's going to cure cancer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, he's going to cure cancer, and I'm going to be the new Santa Claus right. flying in from the North Pole, okay? It's about on the same level as that. From, from Poe to Ho, Ho, Ho. <laughs> Poe to CEO yeah. to Ho, Ho, Ho. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, sorry. Okay. I, yeah, go ahead. That, that, look, there is. They. They are a bunch of socialists trying to out-stupid each other. Right. They're trying to out-socialist each other. Right. They're trying to out-free, free, free each other. And most of the American people aren't buying their malarkey. So when they get up on that debate stage and they're going to be trying to tear each other down and all of this and throw out ideas, people should remember this. We have three branches of government. Any idea that they throw out, it's got to go through the House, it's mm -hmm. got to go through the Senate, mm -hmm. and it's going to be challenging the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. They can throw out all the ideas in the world, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to pass. Yeah. When I ran for president, one of my hallmarks was the tax code 999. Yep. I still had to get it passed in the House, get it passed in the Senate, and then if I had become president, I would have signed it. Now, some some yo-yo was going to challenge it in court. That's fine. That's why we have the three branches of government that we have. Everything is going to be challenging court if it goes against someone's ideology. Yeah. And so all of the things that you're going to hear them debating means absolutely nothing because none of these lunatic ideals are going to make it through both houses of Congress and get signed by the president. All right, HermanCain.com. HermanCain.com for all things Herman. You can check him out. He's a podcast. He's got a live stream. And we'll be waiting for that movie. Herman, thank you so much. Happy to do it, Mark. Always good to talk to you, my friend. I enjoy it. It is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. We'll be right back. I've got to get Marte more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Marte. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. This is the Marte Show on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Marque Show. Don't forget, tomorrow, live from uh, Ohio. We'll be in Dayton, Ohio, which is near Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where the Donald Trump rally is tonight. So it's going to be very exciting. And a special thank you again to our good friend, Herman Cain, who uh, is going. Is it, now, this movie is not, a lot of people think it's a joke. It's not. His movie, From Poe to CEO, he had not one, but he had two premieres, one in Atlanta, his home base in his hometown, and another one in Las Vegas, where he spends the majority of his free time. And a lot of people are like, well, Herman, why did you not have a, why did you not have the premiere in L.A.? And he's like, because I don't get comped in L.A. But, uh, you know, man gets comped. Yeah, they treat him very well in Las Vegas. So we're going to be looking for that coming out here uh, before. We'll let you know, too. Just keep listening to the show. Keep following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, because as soon as from Poe to CEO is a thing, we are going to uh, we're going to let you know. He's sending me a flyer. 
So I don't, we'll check them. I don't even know where my mailbox is, but we'll find that flyer when we get it, and we'll give you the info. All right, speaking of info, we uh, we are excited to have with us Hannah, our resident millennial. Hi, Hannah. How are Hello, you? Hello. I am fantastic. I love to do this. Hannah's very excited because she got to speak with Herman Cain, and she basically, what did you say to the guy? I said, hi, is this Herman Cain? And he said, yes, yes, it is. And I said, hi. I said, I'm so, I didn't even answer. I didn't say, this is the Marquee Show. I literally said, oh, great. Hi, is this Herman Cain? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So, and then I basically fangirled and told him how much I loved him in eighth grade when I lived in liberal Washington state. Yeah. You don't love him now that you're not in eighth grade anymore? No, I still do. But oh, okay. I just wanted to say I've been a fan since I was 13 and yeah. that's 10 years later. No. And then I heard all about it when we were, cause I picked up the phone. I go, Hey Herman, we're going live. And he goes, Mark, who is this Hannah? And I was like, she's, <laughs> she's 23. Oh, you'll be fine. Uh, but no, I, you made, you definitely made his day. So I'm that's so glad. That's always good. All right. So Hannah's a millennial and she's here and she is conservative. Uh, but we also, um, we like to, you know, it, it, it kind of shine a light on our millennial audience because we do have a lot of younger listeners than I would think your typical news talk radio show. Uh, we had, we had Mark, who's 12 years old. Or 10 years old who called 13. in. Was he 13? He's 13. All right. Well, whatever. He's out. Okay. 13 year old Mark who called in and asked us a lot of questions about impeachment. Very, very smart individual. We had a kid the other day call in JD. and he said, J- what do you, what do you have a photographic memory? I do. Are you writing <laughs> these guys' numbers down? What's happening? No, that is not allowed. <laughs> so JV called in and he said, Hey, what, you know, do you think that millennials are really socialists? Do you think that they really want all this free stuff or is there some other reason for it? And, uh, and we had a great conversation with him. So we did notice that there is. A millennial audience for uh, for the truth, basically, and uh, and that's why we uh, we bring Hannah every now and then. But we also want to know how well informed our millennial audience is. So what we're going to do is we are going to let Hannah kind of. Uh, I'll give you a topic. Great. All right, and you don't know what the topic's going to be. He doesn't let me study for this, by the way. No, everyone. I get really. I get because well, the whole point is to see how well informed you are, not how well you can study. You know, studying is different. Just being generally informed. Like, for example, if I stopped a millennial on the street and started asking them questions about politics and and the world around us, I would want their answer, which is why I don't give you the topics. You're like basically the millennial on the street, except I don't have to go outside. That's great. We can do it here in the studio (laughs) because it's hot outside and it rains. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Are you ready? I was born ready. All right, perfect. Here we go. Millennial Hannah, uh, tell us everything you know about Marianne Williamson. <clears throat> Can we insert cricket noises here? I don't. Marianne Williamson. I'm sorry. Your head, do you need to turn your headphones up? Tell us <laughs> everything you know as a millennial about Marianne Williamson. I don't know who that is. You don't know who she is? No. Really? Oh, my gosh. See, this is why I want to study. What? No, it's just a quick question. You, I mean, you, look, if you don't know, it's not your fault. It's hers. No, I don't know who that is. Is she like some fem- feminist that I'm supposed to know about as a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Marianne Williamson is a New Age author and speaker, a metaphysicist, and she's running for president on the Democratic ticket. Is that the one that just got in because somebody else dropped off? No. Oh, but I, she was on the, in the first debate. She was on the very end, mm-hmm. and she was the one that said Donald Trump's winning for these reasons. But she is very she'll uh, and she, she gives, spoke in English. She spoke in English. Yeah, yeah, she spoke in English. But she did raise her hand. I mean, look, she is she is a kind of a quirky new age candidate. She uh, does goes around the country and she teaches people to look with their inner eye and escape to their to the golden light that's in their mind. And to, it's very it's very trippy. That's interesting. It's okay that you don't know. Not a lot of people know who she is. She and sounds the, very idealistic and less uh, realistic. Yeah, she'll be gone. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, all right, that was good, though. That was good. Uh, next one, ready? It's a little easier. I'm so concerned. All right. A little Andrew Yang. 
Andrew Yang. Oh, the thousand dollar guy. Okay, good. See, yeah. look at that. So it is. So the money you remember. I mean. I have to. What do you know about Andrew Yang, the thousand dollar guy? Uh, I know that he wants to give. Uh, I don't know if it's everyone like below the poverty line or if it's just every American citizen, but he wants to give a certain amount of people a thousand dollars a month uh, every month, which I think is ridiculous. Because if I'm being honest, <clears throat> I make less than a thousand dollars a month. What? Yeah. Oh, we wow. don't have to talk about this on air. Well, you brought it. I didn't ask you what you made. I'm I asked you saying, what you know about like, Andrew Yang. How how is that sustainable? It'll just uh, either a make inflation rise, yeah. or b uh, less people will have jobs because businesses can't afford that, and the government sure as heck can't afford that with twenty three twenty three trillion dollar debt deficit, right? I don't know whether that is. I mean, something like that. Yeah. When I was in college, you were the one that studied for this, so I don't was, know. I'm just going to take your word. I did study. I did. I didn't. You didn't allow me. That is true. <laughs> no, you know, that was very good. Andrew Yang, yes, he is. Uh, he's a, a Silicon Valley billionaire, mm-hmm. and he wants to give everybody one thousand. Everybody, every citizen, one thousand oh dollars a month, uh, including himself. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I guess including himself, although he doesn't need it. Uh, but he, basically what happens is um, he says that the, the biggest problem with the America right now is the is the AI, the artificial intelligence taking over the world. He I mean, seriously, he's saying that. And in a lot of industries, it's already happening. There's automation happening. It happens in this industry. And it'll there's, happen more with a thousand dollars a month. Correct. Well, and so there's people that have to live even though they can't work. If you're flipping burgers right now and they replace you with a robot, where are you going to get money to go out and buy those burgers? So as society becomes more automated and as businesses tend to pay people less he wants to use tax revenue on businesses to pay a basic wage no matter what you do whether you work or not so what he's going to do instead is he's just going to make the wage gap even bigger because now these corporations are going to become huge it's going to shut out the little mom and pop businesses and then it's just going to it's going to make the wage gap huge right but what he's thinking is uh for example amazon doesn't pay any taxes he's going to fix that and use all that tax money to pay everybody a thousand dollars so it look it's not as ridiculously quirky as it sounds and he is right about one thing that there are going to be fewer and fewer jobs because of automation but that doesn't mean that there won't be uh, ways for people to make money so but that was really good though you know you. you knew a lot about that i try all right ready i'm gonna throw one more at one you. more ready mm-hmm. elijah cummings elijah cummings what about elijah cummings Uh, What do you know about Elijah Cummings? He's a Democratic representative from Maryland, Baltimore, to be specific. Okay. I think the 27th district. Wow, that's really specific. I know. Yeah, West Baltimore. And what's important about him? Uh, Well, I don't know exactly, but apparently he hasn't done a lot for Baltimore. And, (laughs) well, I guess he's been in there for like a really, really, really long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people still some, for some reason, back him. And I think that might be because he still lives in the district. Uh, or at least that's what he says in his tweet. Why is Elijah Cummings in the news? I don't know. I can't remember. I wasn't here on that day. Well, Donald Trump tweeted about it. Well, yeah, I know D- Donald Trump tweeted about it. Okay. But- and do you know why Donald Trump hates Elijah Cummings? Um, please tell me. Because he is the head of the Congressional Oversight Committee. Mm-hmm. And oh, he- to impe- I'm so sorry. I actually did know that. To okay. impeach Donald Trump. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Because I know that no, you listen definitely- to the show, <laughs> and I know that we've been talking about that a lot. And no, you- I know. I knew that. And I just drew a blank, you know, being on air. It's- I mean, you're still, it was Herman Cain. He threw it. It was off. Herman Cain. He just threw off my whole mojo. Talking to Herman Cain before the show, you're just like, Elijah, who, what, where am I? Exactly. Elijah Cummings wants to impeach Donald Trump, and so Trump fires back, and he's like, no. 
you're a piece of crud human and okay sorry i'm paraphrasing for everyone that doesn't know. <laughs> you're a piece very, of crud human that listen, shouldn't be that was very good i'm gonna be honest with you and i think that you know more probably than not just millennials but the average american not the average listener to this show because they're very well informed but the average american not more than david mandarin but yeah no david mandarin knows more than anybody he knows, he knows stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Uh, very, uh, thank you, Anna. We appreciate it. Give you it up for right Anna, everybody. Uh, 855-765-1045. We have to take a quick break. What, more of the Mark K Show is coming up on News 104.5 WOKV. Don't want to miss a minute of the fun of the Mark K Show? Listen live everywhere you go in the News 104.5 WOKV app. This is the Mark K Show. This is the Mark Hay Show. My name's Mark Hay, and we're wrapping up. Man, I can't believe this show goes so fast. Every single name is I talk so fast. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, okay, so here's the deal. For the rest of the week, we've got, uh, I'm going to Cincinnati. We're going to be live in Cincinnati tonight for the big Donald Trump rally, the rally after the rally, the first rally after the last rally, where everyone started chanting, send her back, send her back, when Donald Trump started talking about Ilhan Omar. And word on the street is, that if they do it again, Donald Trump's going to shut him up. That's what Donald Trump said, and that's what everyone's going to be watching for. If I know Donald Trump crowds like I know Donald Trump crowds, I don't think they're going to say it. I think they're probably going to not say it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. If there's if there's any kind of announcements or if there's any kind of handout saying, please do not chant, send her back. Uh, you know, I'll let you know about that, too, and we'll take pictures. And, oh, I'll be posting on my Instagram, like, all day. I'll be on my Instagram posting all day. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on uh, my Instagram and my Instagram stories, little video clips and photos of the rally. If I interview somebody, we're gonna be taking tons of video and audio. We have some interviews lined up with people inside the Trump campaign, which is very exciting. So, if you just can't wait till tomorrow's show and you want to know what's going on live as it happens, go to your Instagram right now and follow Mark K. That's M A R K K A Y E. Go to Instagram right now. Follow Mark K, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E. And, uh, and you can see the, you can see, you know, I'll, we'll have shots from Cincinnati, from outside the rally, from inside the rally, all the people that we get to meet. And we meet some fantastic people and it's so much fun and, and uh, so entertaining. So be sure to follow me on Instagram. Again, it's Mark K, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E. Then tomorrow, we're going to be live in Ohio. We're going to be, uh, at our sister station, W-H-I-O in Ohio. And they've set us up with a stu- great people there, by the way, great people that they've set us up with a studio. They've set us up with a live feed. So we will be able to stream the show as well, which is going to be awesome. And we are going to uh, cover the, exactly what happened last night. If anything huge happens last night, we'll let you know about that. We'll bring you the highlights from Donald Trump's speech because there's always a lot of highlights from Donald Trump's speech. Uh, I'll bring you some of the crowd reaction. Like I said, we're interviewing some of the uh, the campaign. We'll do what the bleep tomorrow live from Ohio because you know those people in uh, those people at WHIO in Ohio they're not they don't know what. I don't know what they're in. when they gave us permission to broadcast live from that station. They didn't know what they were in for, man. <laughs> but uh, but we're going to but no, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Also, then next week, uh, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night. And then what we're going to do is next week we have this huge live Mark K show presentation. And I've been going I've been texting back and forth with uh, with the powers that be here. And I think we do have some more spaces. I think we do have more chances for more people to come and watch us because this venue's huge. Uh, not huge. OK, the venue's not huge. It's not like 
We ain't talking like Daly's place, but it, it, the venue's larger than I thought it would would be. It's much larger than our studio. There's a stage area. There's tons of seats. They've we can pipe in the radio station. We're going to be able to do the whole show live from these. And there's these really cool leather couches. Like it's really, now I know where all the money goes around here. It goes into this Harold and Harold performance studio. Uh, but we are going to hopefully have the opportunity for more people to come and join us. The people that helped crowdfund the trip to Cincinnati. They're going to be they're going to get the VIP access. They're going to get the front row seats. They're going to get all that. But we may have some room for some other people to sneak in and we'll figure that all out. And we'll um, and we'll plug that in on Monday and see what we can get going on with that. So in the meantime, Cincinnati tonight, Donald Trump rally tonight. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Mark on Instagram, and then listen tomorrow as we bring you the show live from Dayton, Ohio, our sister station, WHIO. In the meantime, we're going to keep watching these Democrats because, look, here's the deal. The Democrats, now we're going to start whittling things down. After this debate, the polls are going to start coming out. Um, as quickly as today, you're going to see people dropping out of the race. The money's not there. The money, you cannot, there's not enough money in the Democratic Party. There's not enough money in both political parties to sustain all these candidates. So they're going to start whittling away. They're going to start dropping, falling by the wayside. They're going to realize they can't do it. They're going to realize it's a dead end. Uh, they're going to realize eventually that Joe Biden's going to be the nominee and everyone else is just treading water. There's no reason for Cory Booker to still be in this race. There's no reason for John Delaney, who I don't think is going to. John Delaney, I don't know how he made it this far anyway. Uh, you know, Bill de Blasio eventually should fall by the wayside, although he probably will not because he's just that annoying. And and the next debate in September is going to be severely whittled down. You're not going to have 20 people. You're going to have Bernie. You're going to have Kamala. You're going to have Elizabeth Warren. You're going to have Joe Biden. But between then and now, there's going to be a lot of infighting and a lot of name calling and a lot of drama. And we're going to be here to follow along with all of it. So uh, whatever you don't go, just keep it locked here all day, all night. Uh, coming up next, the traffic, the weather, the news, and Rush Limbaugh is uh, is all on the way. It's the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.